Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fully Equipped Podcast. This is Brian Dill. And I am Keaton Pierce. We are so glad that you have decided to join us and take the time to listen to this episode with uh, the Indian Land Church of Christ and the Gold Hill Road Church of Christ. Um, we are three episodes in now. Right. This is uh, our th- just our third episode. We're, we're working toward having a, a lot more episodes this year. Right. And... Um, uh, Keaton, as as we get started with this episode, I want to ask you, what is the longest line that you remember waiting in? I saw this. I saw this on the outline. Um, two two things came to mind, but I th- I think the longest line I ever waited in. So for those that don't know, I'm from Kentucky, and I did my undergrad degree at the University of Kentucky, and and um, for Big Blue Madness, which is the first okay. Kentucky basketball practice right, of the year, right. and. Um, Certainly, at least pre-COVID, there was a little bit of a break there, but people um, got in tents and stood out to get the the tickets for that because sure. t- sure. student tickets are free, but you there's a lottery for them. You have to get in a certain <laughs> okay. line. Okay. Um, so I didn't stand in the line consecutively for this long, but there was a group of three of us that were there for two days. <laughs> um, that kind of cycled two days cycled in and out to get the big blue madness tickets my freshman year goodness gracious yeah and and we and we were pretty far back there were there were folks that literally i mean they, they call it tent city because people will put tents right out front of rep arena right to just sleep there and uh to get the very best because they hand them out kind of in succession so the first Good the first grief. ticket is the one right behind the the goal on uk side okay so that's okay. that's that's the eruption zone where the students are <laughs> So again, that's not a consecutive, but t- t- two days. Two is days of in and out of line. of in and out of line to to, <sighs> to get tickets, and I only did that one time. I said if I was gonna be on campus, I wanted to do that right. once. Now, and did, it you, w- did you end up sleeping out there? I never slept point? out there. You no, well, no, because <laughs> our dorm was right there, and we had a couple other guys that wanted that experience. Like they wanted to, they okay. wanted to be in a tent. Right. <laughs> and and my roommate Jameson and I were like, y'all go ahead. <laughs> we're going right. to go back and sleep in our beds, yeah, uh, which no are not kidding. like a ton better than the tent. Uh, <laughs> well, but it, it is a dorm. But it, yeah, yeah, um, that was built by a prison architect. Um, <laughs> that's a true story. Hagen Hall that's no longer there. But uh, so two days. Two How about you? Two days. Uh, not, not two days. Okay. <laughs> I, I figured that might be the answer. Uh, yeah. The, uh, I, I'm not sure what would necessarily be the longest. I know that, uh, of course, anytime you go to an amusement park or something like that, you know, right. you can, you can just plan if it's, if it's very busy at all, you can plan on a couple hours, right. uh, being in line, that sort of thing. Uh, one thing that, that came to my mind, uh, when, when writing this and preparing for this episode is, Something that also sports related. Just just recently, I experienced in Chicago. Uh, my nephew and I went and and uh, went to a convention for Cubs fans and Cubicon. Uh, Cubs Con is what it is. Okay, I made that up, thinking that was going to be a joke, and that's literally the name. Uh, that's pretty much it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and to to get autographs of certain players. Okay. You know. They're going to be at this table yeah. at this time, right? But the line starts long before that time, depending on who it is, right? And uh, there was one particular player that I definitely wanted. You know, we saw the, all the list of the, all the different players yep. and, and the different times, and we saw some overlap, so we were going to have to pick or something. But this one guy that was kind of in the middle of the day, yeah, I said, "That's it. Yeah, if I don't get anybody else, and I get his. I'm okay with that, right?" And uh, so. 
we went that morning to something at nine. And then after that, I said, okay, I want to go see. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to start signing until I think it was two o'clock that afternoon. Um, I, I want to go see if anybody's started a line yet. Right. Cause that's kind of the way it works. It's like somebody will start a line. I'm the front of the line for this guy. Cause okay. it's in this area or whatever. Right. So I went and was just kind of talking to people and kind of figuring some things out. And so it was, um, it was probably about 10, 15 to 10 30. Mm-hmm. And there was a line already for this two o'clock, uh, wow. Uh, autograph session. And I was number 45 ish in okay. the line. And that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to get in line now. Yeah. I said, if, if there's already 40 something people in line, yeah. you, only the first about a hundred people are going to be guaranteed to get an autograph at all. Yeah. And then after that, you end up in like this overflow line that where you can get in line and wait and see, and you might get an autograph, you might not. Right. And all this kind of stuff. And so I was in that line from about 1030 that morning until he started signing and, and I got my autograph at about 220 that afternoon. Wow. So, uh, my, my nephew, <laughs> I texted him and I said, Hey, uh, can you go get me some snacks? <laughs> cause, cause I'm going to be here. Yeah. I'm not yeah, moving yeah. for the next three hours. <laughs> wow. That's wild. Uh, yeah. But it was fun. You yeah. Know, it was, oh, yeah. It was a good experience and, and got to talk to a lot of people while yeah. standing in line and get to know the people around you. And, and that's that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Because we were all there for the same reason. Right. You know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that, that kind of brings us into our topic today. We're talking about waiting in line because, you know, something that we, you know, focusing on today in this episode is making the most of our time. Right. And, and especially... Um, you know, in, in today's climate, I, I think prioritizing and where we place our priority and where we place, you know, the way I say it a lot is where we place our resource, you know, not just sure money, not just things, but time is a resource unto itself. Absolutely. And where we place that is going to have a, a pretty large bearing on the direction of our life. Uh, and that's, that's in, in true of spiritual things as well. Right. You know, waiting in line seems to be one of those things that we, you know, we all feel like could be a a waste of our time, you know, <laughs> right. do, do we really need to stay in that line for that long? And we hate feeling like, you know, we're squandering the time that we have, mm-hmm. but you know, Ephesians five, and this is a verse that you outlined for us, Ephesians five, 15, 16, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Yeah, and I really like that passage. Um, it, it's just not one that we focus on very often right. for whatever reason. Um, and I think it's one that it is becoming more and more difficult for us to abide by yeah. as Christians. Um, because it seems like as our culture continues to evolve mm-hmm. around us, one of the things that is, is such a focus is how can I make the most out of the way I'm spending my time, right. you know, maximizing the way I use my time, but not in a spiritual way. Right. <laughs> it's, it's more about, you know, what's the fastest way I can access this information? Yes. What's the fastest way I can experience something and just get it over with? Right. Well, what's the fastest way I can learn something? You know, we don't we don't uh, worry as much about instruction manuals as we do. Hey, I'm sure there's a YouTube video that's going to show me how to do this, and I can just watch this little right. two minute video and I'm done. Right. Uh, and and as a result, um, 
one author that I was, I was reading says that we, we are going to see, do, and absorb more in our lifetimes than any previous generation mm. as a result of this. And that sounds like a good thing in right. a lot of ways. Right. But unfortunately, it plays right into this tyranny of the urgent, mm. which is... Uh, it's a book written by Charles Hummel, actually in 1967. Wow! So, so this pretty was, ahead of its time, uh, right? So this yeah. is already something that was on on his mind in, in 1967. Right. And what he talked about was how urgent things begin to take the place of important things. Oh yeah, and you know the problem is we have a tendency to allow the busyness that we have with all kinds of things to consume our time. And then we are left with time for the things that are most important. Right. Um, right. And, and you know, that, that's a struggle that, that every person, every family, everyone deals with yes. because I, I, I don't know that we have ever had a busier culture. Right. Um, and, and not only that, but a culture that um, celebrates busyness. <laughs> that's, that's right. And full, you know, full schedule. I mean, there, there are people that are very proud of, of how full their schedule is. And yes. I think we somehow <laughs> have gotten on to this idea that, you know, full, a full schedule and busyness equates to value. Right. And if we have a full schedule, then that means we're doing well. And that means, you know, all this other stuff and the urgent things that really do matter, um, can begin to be diluted and we, we, we no longer are placing correct priority on things that ultimately matter. Right. And right. I, and, and, you know, Ephesians five is I think pointing to that idea way ahead of its time is you only have so many minutes in a day. You only have so many days in a year and you only have so many years in your life. And we as Christians have an obligation. We have a responsibility to use those wisely right. within the priority structure that God's laid out for us. Exactly. And and I think you know, and that that's easier said than done. The, you know, that that's easier. You know, the little things are not inherently wrong or bad, right? right. Um, in and of themselves, but you know, we have to start looking at it like a scale of you know what is the most important thing, right? Right. Are these little things, is that extra appointment, is that extra thing at the expense of family or relationship or marriage or church or whatever? Right. Is it really, you know, is it really worth the time that we're placing into it? That's right. And, and it's, and it's those, those urgent things that kind of, the, that we feel this pressure to, to, to do it. You know, I get a text, uh, I need to respond right now. Right. Or I get an email. I need to respond right now. Or uh, I've got to get my kids to this this practice. Or I've got to get dinner on the table by a certain time. Right. You know, lots of things can be considered urgent. Yeah. And if we only allow our time to be filled with those urgent things, then the important things start to slip away. And And I think maybe our threshold for what constitutes an urgent thing um, has probably changed over the years. I, sure, I, I think, sure. you know, 50 years ago, what classified as a truly urgent matter uh, w- was probably different and probably a lower threshold than what we would say is absolutely urgent. And right. we're, we're probably worse off for it um, <laughs> right. as a yeah. society, right? I would agree. Um, you know, because like you said, then we start losing the true insight into 
what is important and where am I really going to invest my time? Right. Um, and, and I think that's a, that's a concept that I hope, you know, we're going to dive in more today. And I hope our listeners will think about is, you know, in investing that idea. And when you wrote this, what, what first went to my mind is, you know, Warren Buffett, great investor talks about every dollar has a job and he's, and he talks about sending okay. every dollar out okay. and, and, and he, he talks about them like, like soldiers that they all, are receiving their marching orders to then go out and bring more home. (laughs) And I think our time is a similar, I hope we have a similar mentality that we don't just leave it up to chance. We don't just see where it goes, but we have a very intentional plan of where our time is going to be invested. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's a, that's a great way of thinking about it too, is as we want to try and prioritize uh, how we're spending our time. Right. And, and so much of this conversation reminds me of Jesus with Mary and Martha yeah. in, uh, Luke, in Luke 10. chapter 10. Yeah. So it, it, that conversation that happens there is, to me, it's kind of humorous. Uh, sure. What's going yeah, on. Is, absolutely. As Martha is, is just so busy. Yeah. And, and she's got so many things that are urgent. Right. That she's got to take care of right now with the cleaning and the cooking and the preparing and right. whatever. You know, and, and, and we know what that's like. You, you know, anytime oh, yeah. we're having company come over, you know, we've got to get things ready and we right. gotta do this by this time and this and this and this. And then she looks over and here's Mary <laughs> just sitting there doing nothing. Yes. <laughs> and, and at least in her mind, it's doing nothing. Doing nothing. And they're siblings. Right. So they, there's <laughs> there's, got, that, there's that dynamic. Yes. But you know what I always love to point out and for maybe those that haven't looked at the story of Mary and Martha in a moment. You know, the things that Martha was doing, like Brian said, you know, it was it was cooking, it was cleaning, it was preparing the home. And those aren't inherently wrong. Exactly. You know, like Martha's going to get chastised here in a moment because <laughs> Mary is is prioritizing the main thing. Right. You know, uh, exactly. A- Andy Baker, who's someone we both know and yes. spent a lot of time in my hometown of Danville, Kentucky. And and he's the first one I ever heard say to keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think Mary got that right. It's not that the home didn't need cleaned. It's not that food didn't need prepared. It's not that any of that is inherently wrong, but when Jesus is here, that has to rise to the top. Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, I think there, and you know, we'll dive into a little bit more of this, but that's the parallel for us is, you know, we all have things in our lives that are not inherently wrong. In fact, in their own right, are probably good things. You know, career is is great. Um, you know, things at school are good. Other relationships, hobbies, things that take our time are not wrong. Right. But when 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 Jesus is the opportunity, and we have an opportunity to place that above those, we have to take a Mary stance as opposed right. to a Martha. Exactly, and then that's kind of what Jesus ultimately says to Martha. Right. When, when Martha complains to him and and says, you know. Hey, will you just get my sister to to help out? Right on, right. Good grief. Uh, in verse forty one, Jesus says, "Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things." I think that kind of summarizes a lot of our culture. Yeah, we are anxious and troubled about many things, mm-hmm. but one thing is necessary. And I think we could substitute the word important in there. Mm. You know, one thing is important right now. Right. And Mary has chosen that. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her, meaning himself. You know, Jesus was the most important thing that Mary could be spending her time on in that moment. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, that's that's going to be an encouragement that we want to offer to to listeners, um, you know, today is to ask ourselves, you know, what is the most important thing that I can do today, this right. week, this month, and, and prioritizing the things that need our time most of all? Yes. And again, that's not that's not to say that the things that ultimately kind of lose out are not good or valuable right. or in another context worth the time. So that's not to say that, you know, if we push job a little bit to the side right now because family needs extra time, that job needs none of our time. It just means we only have, you know, you think about it as, you know, we have 100% in a day and we have to allocate where all that goes. That's right. And again, what is, what needs my time the most right now? And that needs to be a question, you know, the time analysis, if we want to think of it that way. Right. At the end of each day for a week, I think this is a great exercise. Write down how we've spent our time, you know, how, you know, how much time is dedicated to sleep, to work, to eat, to, to exercise, to family, to whatever. And at the end of the week, add it all up and see right. kind of where everything goes and yes. give us a sense of how we might be prioritizing our time, good or bad. Yeah, and I think that can be a, a big help to us if we're not sure. Right. You know, if you're not sure how many things uh, are, that are urgent that are taking up our time versus how many things that are important right. that are taking up our time, um, just trying to balance that um, as best we can. Is, right. That's a good exercise to help us with that. I kind of wanted to... Uh, to, as we're getting close to the end of, of our episode, um, I kind of wanted to read this um, this story. I can't quite remember where I picked this up. Okay, I don't. It, it feels like it may have been a Reader's Digest type story or okay. something of that yeah. nature. I'm not totally sure, but this really, to me, emphasizes you know that those moments in life when we need to make a decision between what's urgent yeah. or what we feel is urgent and what's really important. Mm. And many times uh, the urgent things are just things. Right. And the important things are people. And this story kind of illustrates that. And I'm just going to read it and um, hope that everybody can follow along oh, sure. with, right. with me. So here's how it goes. I arrived at the address and honked the horn. This is a taxi driver. After waiting a few minutes, I honked again. Since this was going to be my last ride of my shift, I thought about just driving away, but instead I put the car in park and walked up to the door and knocked. Just a minute, answered a frail, elderly voice. I could hear something being dragged across the floor. After a long pause, the door opened. A small woman in her 90s stood before me. She was wearing a print dress and pillbox hat with a veil pinned on it, like somebody out of a 1940s movie. By her side was a small nylon suitcase. The apartment looked as if no one had lived in it for years. All the furniture was covered with sheets. There were no clocks on the walls, no knickknacks or utensils on the counters. In the corner was a cardboard box filled with photos and glassware. Would you carry my bag out to the car, she said. I took the suitcase to the cab, then returned to assist the woman. She took my arm, and we walked slowly toward the curb. She kept thanking me for my kindness, and I told her it's nothing. I just try to treat my passengers the way I would want my mother to be treated. Oh, you're such a good boy, she said. When we got in the cab, she gave me an address and then asked, 
could you drive through downtown? It's not the shortest way, I answered quickly. Oh, I don't mind, she said. I'm in no hurry. I'm on my way to a hospice. I looked in the rearview mirror, and her eyes were glistening. I don't have any family left, she continued. The doctor says I don't have very long. I quietly reached over and shut off the meter. What route would you like me to take, I asked. For the next two hours, we drove through the city. She showed me the building where she had once worked as an elevator operator. We drove through the neighborhood where she and her husband had lived when they were newlyweds. She had me pull up in front of a furniture warehouse that had once been a ballroom where she had gone dancing as a girl. Sometimes she'd ask me to slow in front of a particular building or corner and would sit staring into the darkness, saying nothing. As the first hint of sun was creasing the horizon, she suddenly said, I'm tired, let's go now. So we drove in silence to the address she had given me. It was a low building with a small convalescent home, like a small convalescent home, with a driveway that passed under a portico. Two orderlies came out to the cab as soon as we pulled up. They were solicitous and intent, watching her every move. They must have been expecting her. I opened the trunk and took the small suitcase to the door. The woman was already seated in a wheelchair. How much do I owe you, she asked, reaching into her purse. I told her nothing. You have to make a living, she answered. There are other passengers, I responded. Almost without thinking, I bent and gave her a hug. She held on to me tightly. She said, you gave an old woman a little moment of joy. Thank you. I squeezed her hand and then walked into the dim morning light. Behind me, a door shut, and it was the sound of the closing of a life. I didn't pick up any more passengers that shift. I drove aimlessly, lost in thought. For the rest of that day, I could hardly talk. What if that woman had gotten an angry driver, an impatient driver, who was at the end of his shift? What if I had refused to take the run or had honked once and then just driven away? That is the difference between urgent and important. Man. That's got me a little, uh, little choked up over here. Yeah. Man. <laughs> you know, time is a funny thing because it's something that we all have equal amounts of. And we don't know how much more we have. Right. And it it forces us. And I think Paul, talking to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 5, understood the wisdom that came with reminding Christians to make the most of the time you have. Exactly. Make the most of today because tomorrow's not promised. That's right. Don't be overcome by the tyranny of urgent. You know, there's a, a book that, that Logan showed me a while back. Um, John Mark Comer wrote a book called The Relentless Pursuit of Hurry. <laughs> and it's the same idea of, of overcoming this cultural, almost traditional need to be busy and to prioritize things that kind of as a general rule, don't seem to matter. They seem like they matter in the moment. Right. But when you have circumstances, again, li like your story, we recognize that that, at the end of the day, is not what's going to move the needle. Right. You know, the, the extra shifts at work, you know, we have to earn a living, we have to pay for bills, but at the end of the day, that's not going to matter, but an extra hour spent with a family member might. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Extra time spent with brothers and sisters in Christ very well could. Yes. 
extra time spent, you know, with our kids at camp and things like that very well could have the, could be the difference between them becoming a Christian and not. Yes. Exactly. They could have eternal implications. So we want to challenge everybody to think about time, to make the most of the time that we have because we aren't promised tomorrow. We're so thankful that you chose to join us today for another episode of Fully Equipped. Again, my name is Keaton Pierce. This is Brian Dill. We're thankful that you chose to spend a little of your time with us, and we hope you'll join us next episode on Fully Equipped.